0: Hi, and welcome to the Greenwood Tiffany podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany Page. And in this show, we'll explore topics of sustainable living, all aspects of health and wellness of people and planet, and how we're all interconnected. Join us on this journey to live better and more sustainably by improving our health, our families, and the world with the choices that we make. everyone. Welcome. I'm Tiffany Page and you're joining us on Greenwood Tiffany for Pet Wellness Month. So I've named this Pet Wellness Month because I wanted to have a condensed area with all these amazing people that I've met to bring them together for the month and talk to them uh, about all the different preventative and treatments and things you can do for your beautiful fur baby. And so today we are with A very, very impressive man, Um, Dr. Ilhor Baskal. Hi, Dr. Baskal. Hi, aloha. Uh, Aloha. Yes, he's coming to you from Hawaii. So he has been practicing holistic veterinary medicine for over 35 years. I mean, that was probably not that holistic medicine wasn't around, but I don't know that if enough people knew about it at the time. So I can't wait to ask him about that. But he is a graduate from Michigan State University in a veterinary medical program and had a special focus in the field. I'm gonna have to read a few of these things, internal medicine, cardiology, bone surgery. And his early years were in veterinary medicine that were spent working in a busy emergency room in California. I'm sure you have many, many uh, stories to tell from that but he is a leading authority on holistic animal health and was one of the first to study the effectiveness of acupuncture. Now, you know, acupuncture, okay. It's been around thousands of years, but back when he was doing this study, this was for animals and probably like something so foreign to most people. And this was done at UCLA. And he's also one of the uh, founders of the veterinary botanical medical association. And so he lectures Uh, as well, though might've been a little bit slower on COVID. So Zoom, but it's probably better. You can probably reach more people that way, but lectures to other um, veterinarians, animal trainers, animal caretakers um, on the use of (coughs) holistic modalities all over. Uh, He's there in Hawaii, which is of course part of North America, but Asia as well, and has published numerous articles, videos, books on these different various holistic healthcare topics. And so Of course, acupuncture is one of them, which is Lily, uh, my chihuahua had done acupuncture here and did amazing things for her. Uh, Herbal medicine, dietary therapy, homeopathy, massage, and just many, many alternative therapies that are there for animals and, and supplements. I know you're a big supplement person as well. So, one of the things I noticed on your website, because I I had you can have a phone consultation with Dr. Basco. I'm going to call you Dr. B for short because I know you don't know that. Sure, fine. Everybody does. (laughs) But Dr. B um, has a different kind of primary care practice. And when I was reading about it, I thought it was interesting because the integrative Vet that I found here in the states in California that I was going to has a similar setup, and so it's kind of I consider a more modern way to have an office. And I hope we're moving into that way to take care of your pet, um, which has more like spa-like feel. So it had like these comfy mats, soft padding for the animals to get their treatment. um, A lot of sunlight and warmth. So lights, you know, uh, windows. Right. Some of the other practices are just you know very sterile office. There's no windows, and then with the sunlight and the warmth calming music, which I don't know who it helps, but more the the pet or the the pet parrot, because when I walked in full of anxiety, I was like, oh, and she always seemed so just light on her feet. She seemed happy. She was, and she was walking around. She actually had freedom in, of, the, of the place while she was there. So there are amazing yes. credentials. I mean, there's a whole list of credentials for Dr. Basco and I could go on and on, but obviously I want to get a chance to speak to him. So Um, we're going to start, right? And I want to introduce you to a doctor and an educator. And I thank you for being here, Dr. Ilhor Baskow. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Um, Just uh, commenting on the uh, clinic ambiance. Yes. So I've worked in regular clinics. I've worked in over, uh, I think, um, 12 clinics, 12 different clinics. And, um, you know, what's missing is... You don't know until you start doing house calls. And I quit doing the um, in the building type thing. And I started doing house calls. And I noticed that animals were much more comfortable at home. And it was easier to do acupuncture on a dog, not on a cat, though. But what I got is you need to have a clinic that has a home homey environment. Okay, Mm -hmm. now that works with acupuncture and alternative medicine. But if you want to have like. Surgeries and sanitation. Then you have to have a separate building for the, you know, the modern hospital that has everything and it has to stay really clean. Whereas if you're doing acupuncture massage or some of these uh, consultations with people about diets, you want a nice, relaxing atmosphere. So my clinic here is mostly outdoors because I'm in Hawaii.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
1: And so you know what they hear is birds. Okay. The dog, and they see wild chickens running around and you know so it's relaxing it's comfortable and so dogs don't come here shaking out of fear so then you have to fight over fear but you know the healing atmosphere is really important but it's under acknowledged in veterinary medicine because we try veterinary medicine tries to copy human medicine and human medicine is becoming inhumane it's ridiculous Anyhow, so, so if you do house calls as a veterinarian, you will open up to a whole new way of understanding what a dog needs, you know, and you got to make them comfortable. You can't make them scary if you're going to do anything to them.
0: What I was so happy about when I had to drop Lily off for these treatments here in California where I live, I felt good about it because she she liked being there and she, she was in good spirits and actually kind of really thrived while she was there. So I, it made me feel good about doing that. So with that, I'm making a small announcement. Well, it's actually a really big announcement that I haven't shared yet, and I will have to share it uh, more openly everywhere else. But my little Lily put got her wings and she's no longer with us. And so I'm telling you all because I want to share with you the people that I found very, very late in the game. I found Dr. B this year and already after we were very far, far along. So Lily had memory cancer and Dr. B had set up a, a really amazing protocol. Uh, there was a little bit of a wild card that I threw in because I did do, I guess you would call it kind of a, pharmaceutical procedure that normally I would not have done, but I was in desperation mode, which I know that some of us get there and we don't know what to do. And we're just, we're we're doing everything and we're grasping at straws. And so even with all my knowledge of, of holistic care and all the people that I had met, I know it's hard to kind of navigate and find your way. And so that's why I want to bring you these people and preventative, you know, is always going to be better than treatment. We're not better, but you know it's it's always good to stop something from you know coming to fruition if you can. And so we're talking today. The topic is going to be about aging. Uh, Lily uh, almost made her seventeenth birthday, which is already. I mean, she did have a long life. I was just hoping I could get her to like twenty. You know, nice. and I, mm-hmm. Dr. B had a border collie that lived to be twenty-four. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, she amazed me.
0: So we're here to, going to be talking about pet aging, you know, how we can do it gracefully with them, pain-free. And yeah, thank you for being here, Dr. B. And, and thank you for all your years of knowledge that and, and expertise. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to talk to you. So I know that you're a believer in nutrition and vitamins and minerals. And, you know, I think you, you do your own blend of some, what, nutraceuticals as well. So what would you say for the person listening in and thinking, oh my gosh, yes, I have a 15 year old and, you know, what should I be doing? What is like the first thing that we could maybe look to do?
1: In general, what I notice is what's missing um, in dogs that don't live long, the average is like 12. And so that's, some people think that's good if you have a large dog, but the people that feed their dogs fresh food, Mm -hmm. some of them don't even know what they're doing, but they're feeding, you know, a little vegetable, a little meat, sometimes fish. And those dogs never get cancer. They never get sick. They don't use a lot of, you know, flea and tick products. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't over vaccinate. I mean, after three years, your dog should be protected against everything. Um, and if you have a house dog, you know, why keep vaccinating? So there's a lot of things that veterinarians recommend that are actually not great for longevity. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, unfortunately, uh, veterinarians only have a few tools, and it's got to be a drug, an antibiotic, or some kind of prescription diet in the bag. I mean, there's not a lot they'll give you. Like I always tell my people when I talk on my radio show, "Pets People in Paradise." When you get a bag of stuff from your vet, ask the vet: Is there anything that helps repair the problem? Anything that helps regeneration? And is there anything that helps restore? Back to normal function in this bag. Okay. So it's usually something that stimulates or suppresses or kills. That's pretty much what you get when you go to the vet. And that's kind of sad. I mean, I think because, and I see it because I do so many phone consults from all over the USA and I see the same problems as no fresh food, no antioxidants. And I think if people understand the aging process begins early on, then you could like slow it down, improve longevity, prevent cancer. The arthritis won't be as bad. And then I have it myself and I take different supplements and sometimes I will stop the supplements to see what happens. Well, then what happens is I get stiff again. <laughs> <And so> okay. <laughs> I to myself. It's good to stop and see, oh, does this really make a difference? I got like 20 bottles of stuff, you know?
0: Yeah, so Lily did eat, she did eat fresh foods. She, she liked her vegetables. Um, she never ate dog food. We never gave her kibble. She never had dog food. But I do have people that tell me, oh, well, I read that kibble's good for, for my dog. So that's what I'm giving them. And of course, I don't know who, who wrote that article or who did the research on that article. But would, would you well, recommend any type of kibble or is it all a big no?
1: So the thing about kibble, okay, it's easy. It's convenient. It's cost effective, but there's not a lot of regulations about pesticides, Roundup, heavy metals. You know, you can have a lot of heavy metals and it's not anybody's problem. USDA is not going to say anything unless something dies and there's like 3,000 deaths and then somebody does something about it. So in general, it's like how many people, how many veterinarians eat out of a bag and they eat the same thing three times a day? for weeks, months, years. I mean, if you don't eat that way, why do you recommend to feed the dog that way? You know, the dogs are the first domesticated animal that had a relationship other than, you know, you don't eat the dog, where humans and dogs evolved together and the dogs evolved eating human food over centuries. So the dog food thing is a new thing. And so it's not necessarily healthy there are better brands than others but just think about it i mean could you just live on power bars and chips you know
0: and still processed still has food coloring a lot of a lot of the time Sometimes.
1: yeah so i mean you have to be like realistic about it you know someone tells you this is good stuff and you got to feed it all the time well i would ask that person do you have good stuff that you eat the same thing every day for, for years i mean really it doesn't even make sense Oh, it's balanced. Yeah, it's got the minimum daily requirements. It doesn't have the optimal daily requirements, which makes a big difference, which would make your dog food more expensive because they would have to get better, you know, ingredients. So I, I think the best thing to do is learn how to make your own dog food. Yeah, you can make it different ways. You can do raw, you can cook, you can do a combination and you can use maybe a good kibble, that is more holistic, but I couldn't believe how much that cost a good kibble for a, for a thing, it was like a hundred bucks. It's like, wow, you might as well cook, <laughs> you know?
0: true. Sometimes I think, what do you have to like wean your dog off if they're on kibble, right? And move it. No. Into, no, you don't have to do that. You just
1: gotta give them probiotics. <laughs> you have to give them something to improve their microbiome. So <laughs> 80% of your immune system is in your gut. Your GI system starts from your mouth ends at your butt and that's the dog's immune system and if they've been on antibiotics that messes with the beneficial bacteria and you need a different kind of beneficial bacteria to get real food absorbed properly so you built up a certain kind of bacteria. What creates cravings for food? It's your bacteria and so if you have bacteria that loves chocolate and sugar and they love it. So they produce serotonin, the feel-good hormone. And then every time you eat chocolate, you feel good. Why? Because you're, you're making your bacteria happy. They're producing serotonin, the feel-good hormone. A lot of serotonin is made in your gut. Most people don't know that. They think it's the brain. So you have to change the bacteria to be more of a diverse amount. So you give them a live probiotic. And there's several... Uh, dog ones. And there's several human ones that I use on dogs. So it's a live bacteria mixed with your food. It helps digestion. It repopulates the bacteria that is beneficial. It improves the immune system, improves the intestinal tract functions. So, you know, one thing, good food and a probiotic, you go a long way of just doing those two things and, and nothing else.
0: Well, that's amazing. I was giving Lily a human probiotic, which was bio because she'd been on so many rounds of antibiotics. Yeah. Yeah, probiotic, very, very important. And then fresh foods, you gave me some great functional medicine recipes. Uh, food is definitely thy medicine. So for people, they had, um, some of them called for a little bit of garlic. And so there are people that are think, oh, you can't give your dog garlic. You can't give your dog onions. You can't give your dog avocado. And you so, say- Yeah,
1: if you're going to give them like a clove of garlic, to a chihuahua, yeah, you're going to have a problem. You give a clove of garlic to a golden retriever, you'll probably get diarrhea. No, you use tiny amounts of things Mm -hmm. for mostly why is garlic in there? It's for flavoring. It's to cover the smell of some of the other vegetables that a dog might not like. But um, you don't need to have garlic. Onions used to be in dry dog food until they made a big mistake and put too many in one brand and a bunch of dogs got the blood problems from the onions. And so they stopped onions, but yeah, you don't need to use garlic or onions um, because there's other better options, but they have their functions.
0: Yes. But you, so, but w- if you would like to use them, you could use them in small amounts. Yeah.
1: You put like one garlic clove and you make a crock pot full of food. That's got maybe 12 cups in, it, you know, mm. that's not going to hurt anybody.
0: Yeah. So I was giving it to Lily and she loved it actually with the, with the livers and the, the rice, something that a lot of the aging dogs have. So we're speaking specifically to Lily had mammary cancer and she had a tumor that we had removed back in 2017, but this is way before I met Dr. B. And if I had known him then and could have done preventative, that would have been amazing. Um, but we did more treatment and we did it. When I found him, we were, like I said, very late in the game, but something that she did have as all aging dogs do or people in general, as well is arthritis, you know, joint issues. And so I was taking Lily to get acupuncture and that was actually completely corrected. I mean, she was running around like a puppy again. I couldn't believe it because her back legs were going out on her. So what are some things specifically to that?
1: So the deal about you really have to understand the process. And you know, as you get into your 40s and 50s, you start realizing, hey, I'm starting to age. <laughs> and when you see your dog limping and you're getting, you know, sleeping all the time, you're saying, Well, what's happening? You know, before you know it, you're getting older yourself. <laughs> and before you know it, gosh, my pet is getting older too. And sometimes if your dog is really healthy then you don't notice it as quickly as if you all have one problem after another. Right. So what is aging? And it's good to understand what it is. Okay, so here we go. It's a natural process. It's not, you know, abnormal. You know, we age at different speeds, okay? So you have cells die. That's called synensis. And so cells die, that's normal. But your regeneration, so the cells that die then you want to regenerate. So if you're not giving food or supplements that help regenerate, then you slowly, your dog or you are slowly degenerating. And when you have a problem, it's slower to heal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Your Vital energy declines, so dogs sleep more. It's just good, which is, you know, you rest, you don't need to like be hyper all day long. And then the thing that you learn in Asian medicine is Learning how to discover the weaknesses of a person or dog by their energy, their organ systems, their body fluids. Wrinkles are a result of losing body fluids. Your collagen, that's a part of aging. You can do, you know, various kinds of treatments, you know, on your face. But what's really important is what you take internally that helps you with, we call it a yin deficiency. So as you get older, your body fluid shrink, people shrink actually, it gets shorter because they don't have the collagen in their body. So oxidative stress, a friend of mine uh, from vet school, I haven't seen him like 40 years and he did this great lecture on oxidative stress. What is that? Well, every time you take a deep breath and put oxygen in, yeah, you are oxygenating all these cells that need the oxygen, but then some cells die as a result because the oxygen creates metabolic waste products. I mean, the biggest one is your dog's poop and urine, but there's other metabolic waste products like in your joints. Are you going to get that out of there? They just build up, cause you to be stiff or your dog to be stiff. So, what you do to contra the oxidative stress, which creates inflammation, is you have a cleaner diet so you don't have more chemicals in your body and you use antioxidants, which I think is you get it from your vegetables, you get it from a pill. So, oxidative stress, DNA damage, mutations. So, when something dies or gets mutated, It's got to be somehow extinguished or released from the body or else you'll get cancer or unless you can block that with an antioxidant or some other things that I use like medicinal mushrooms. I got the mushroom
0: supplement for Lily. She really liked that. You know, I read that like one of two, was it one of two dogs, purebred dogs will get cancer. And I thought that was astounding. That's a wild number. Is that... Why is this is one is of a two sad cats. thing?
1: This is the sad thing. Yeah. One out of three cats. One
0: out of three cats. If you're, if they're 10 years or older and one out of two dogs, if they're 10 years or older, purebred. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what I see. Mostly people call me for is cancer. So you have the cancer on one side and then you have the natural breakdown of tissues, your, you know, your spine, your joints, your liver, your kidneys, which is real common. And so th- this is going on at a slow pace all along. You know, when a dog gets about eight years old, you know, that's kind of like when you probably should start doing something for longevity. Eventually, dogs die from some cancer or organ failure or drugs from the veterinary, like too much chemo. Mm -hmm. So oxidative stress is not your uh, friend nor nor your ally because it creates all this chronic inflammation. So that's why you do these. You get your blood test, you ask them for a CR protein test to see how much inflammation you have in the body, because that reflects on while you have a heart problem, you have some kind of cancer you don't even know about, or you're prone to a stroke, dementia, that's a result of oxidative stress, dementia. You can prevent dementia by taking lion's mane, mushroom. I just did a whole read hundreds of pages of research on lion's mane. And it, Japan is really doing a lot of research because they have a older population. They have more old people than less, uh, and young people, and the old people have dementia for a lot of reasons. One, aluminum pots, um, they don't get enough exercise, they don't have the proper diet. So lion's mane mushroom is becoming one of the things you treat Parkinson's, you treat Alzheimer's, you treat dementia, you treat memory loss, and it's something you can put in your dog's food, uh, mix it with a little butter and put it in food, that will support The brain function.
0: It is amazing. There's so many different mushrooms out there, and they all have their own. So they are they're magical mushrooms, right?
1: Yeah, you know, I my father was a mushroom picker, and we just did those culinary, you know, porcini's and some of the other ones that uh, people eat. But uh, it wasn't until I read this book by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, this Russian guy, that was in a. Gulag, a Siberian uh, labor camp, uh, because he survived World War II in a prisoner of war camp. It's a long story. But anyhow, after he got out, after 20 years in a labor camp, he had cancer. He had no money and he had no place to go. So he lived with these old people in his village. And they all were like 90 years old and they're chopping wood and hauling water. You know, nobody's sick. Nobody gets the flu. And they're all drinking this one mushroom all day long. And so after three years of drinking that mushroom, he cured himself of cancer. So I just say, God, that sounds really far out. Is this for real? And then I came across uh, Christopher Hobbs, who's like my guru of mushrooms because he actually took mushrooms, made it into biochemistry and figured out, oh, wow, this is why they work against cancer or they're good for kidney failure. And so Christopher Hobbs and taking his courses, and you, can, you can take your courses with him. Some of them are free right now. Christopher Hobbs, H-O-B-B-S. If you're into mushrooms, because they do so many things, weight, your liver, your kidneys, your heart, your energy, prevent cancer, improve your immune system. So if there's one thing you can take it would be a combination of mushrooms that I usually uh, talk about. And kidney failure is really common in little dogs that don't have a heart disease, most little dogs have either heart disease or kidney failure, but you can start doing something when they're around eight years old. You know.
0: So when I was going through these slides, uh, I stopped right away when I saw the the kidney channel deficiency, and it broke down. You know, um, weakness in the legs, uh, gray or silver hair, hearing loss, and those were three of the symptoms that Lily had, and. I didn't put them together as it being a result of something, right? I just thought, oh, she's getting older, and so when her legs first yeah, went right. out, I just thought, unfortunately, that was just her getting older. And then I went to the acupuncture, and it corrected it. As far as the hearing loss, then I thought, can she hear? Is it selective? I wasn't sure, but she did go a lot blonder. Um, so she didn't really like gray. It was more like you know, like a like a woman lightens her hair as she gets older. <laughs> so that's what had happened. And she was, she did have know she was peeing a little bit more and then thirsty a little bit more, but I also took Lily to a separate, uh, healer here and that part he was able to correct. So we, so then I thought she was okay, but I didn't realize that you could then give supplements or foods specific to the kidneys.
1: Eastern Asian medicine, you know, it's, um, it's gotten Westernized, but no, the stuff really works and it's been Tried for hundreds, if not thousands of years, some of these remedies. So, like for your dog with a kidney yin deficiency, is what we would call it. We would give your dog some medicinal mushrooms, some Chinese herbs, some antioxidants to slow down the oxidative stress and to help repair the damage that is happening as you age, you lose cells they die and you need to regenerate so what are you what's in that bag of dog food that's going to help you regenerate um usually not a lot
0: well what do you say for you know with these supplements lily was six and a half pounds and you know she really had a mind of her own, and the supplements that you had given me—it was really there were quite a few, and I tried to give some in her food, and you know then sometimes she didn't eat, and I yeah. had a hard time administering them. Is there any like secret trick that you could share with us of how to do it?
1: Well, of course it depends on what you're giving. Sure. And um, little dogs are always hard because they're hard to pill, and if they also have bad teeth and gum disease. Then their mouth is sore, you know, and so they don't want anybody sticking fingers in their mouth. So it becomes really hard. And most of the Chinese stuff, you know, the herbs and the, or even the Western herbs are can be bitter, can be sour. They can be spicy. They might not taste good or smell good. So a dog will smell and taste at the same time without touching the food. They can smell and taste. So, so could
0: you, know, you put things uh, in like syringes with water or can you mix it and like, you know, shoot the You know, depending on the
1: condition, making your own bone broth is a good way to mix certain things like medicinal mushrooms, you make some bone broth, you can freeze it. Uh, in ice cube trays to use for future, and then you can melt an, a bone broth ice cube, and then add your medicinal mushroom powder or whatever, and that way you can syringe it. There's a lot of these things they won't they won't uh, eat in their food. You can get away with like coenzyme Q10, which is really important for aging dogs, kidneys, liver, heart, brain. An and antioxidant that. that slows down degeneration, repairs and helps restore function. So coenzyme Q10 is like one of the basic antioxidants to give to a, a dog that's eight years old or older.
0: And what would you suggest for, I just you know thought of it now as we were talking uh, because I was so focused on Lily, but my mom has a Chihuahua, a little bit bigger um, and she's probably around 14, I think. So she had... a. Uh, her eye, she has ulcers in her eye and one of them ruptured and they wanted to do this graft, which I said no. And then they wanted to remove it, which I said no. And so now they did, we did drops for, you know, round the clock. So we got it kind of stable. We don't know if she can. I don't think she can see out of the left eye, but the right eye also now has an ulcer. And she's on these round the clock drops. And I didn't even think about supplements or food. How old is your dog? This your mom, Pe- 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 Peanut's probably around 14.
1: Yeah. So people and dogs get the same thing. It's called dry eyes. Dry eyes is a form of yin deficiency. Your body fluids, your body fluids are deficient. You have less body fluids to lubricate the eye. You have less body fluids to move your joints. So like omega-3 fish oil is one of the things that is recommended for dry eyes. And besides that, it's an anti-inflammatory so it works a little bit like aspirin as far as inflammation pain and then there's a whole set of what they give people for macular degeneration but there's a company i think it's called oh god acu something uh or something like that yes
0: i know that my mom takes that isn't it funny when your pets you and your the pets and the parent have the same ailments that's very odd isn't
1: that yeah No, it's really common. In fact, I have a veterinary friend in France that treats the the bird and the human or the bird or the dog and the human with similar herbs and homeopathy. It's it's a trip.
0: So Occubite I can give to Peanut?
1: Yeah, you want to get the pet brand and the Mm -hmm. the small dog uh, size. So you have lutein, lycopene, and you have some antioxidants and vitamin A and vitamin C and so food that you can say, okay, I'm going to want to do pills, but I want to do food with lutein and lycopene. So you got tomatoes, you got blueberries, you got raspberries, you got various things like collards and Brussels sprouts. So there's a lot of foods that help your eyes regenerate. So yeah, the eyes are gone, the hear- hearing's going, but what are you doing to regenerate new cells? You can't just be feeding the same thing. So you need special food for the eyes. You need special food for the kidneys. You need special food for whatever is going on with you uh, to improve regeneration. So, like on this slide here, you know, detoxify and hydrate. So over time, you accumulate a lot of stuff in your body, your dog's body. Pesticides—they like to be in your brain or in your body fat. Sometimes when you fast an animal or you fast yourself. You feel crappy because all that stuff is starting to come out out of your fat and into your bloodstream affecting your brain. So hydrating water, coconut water, bone broth, green drinks. I have these green drinks where you mix raw vegetables with wheatgrass and carrot and make uh, a juice, fresh juice that you can freeze in an ice cube tray and give your dog like a dog that doesn't eat like vegetables, what are you going to do? You know, Well, you can make a juice, a raw juice, and you syringe it a couple times uh, a day when they eat. And that's one way of doing it. Stop commercial pet foods. It's just loaded with stuff um, you don't need. Pesticides, Roundup. Stop the flea and tick treatments. Sick like veterinarians are going crazy with these toxic drugs. Like, oh, you must do this. Well, they're more afraid of the flea or tick than they are with a uh, chemical that causes damage to the liver and the brain. So, you know, if you can just bathe your dog, I bathe my dog yesterday, twice a week I bathe her. I take all her bedding and I wash it on those days so there's no nothing hatching. And then when we go on hikes, I'm always watching her or I put some rosemary uh, and peppermint oil on her feet so she doesn't get ticks. I mean, there's a lot you can do without using pesticides, which... Actually, increase your cancer risk.
0: Right. What do you so but I think sometimes people, you know, they want the one and done. They want the easy way, you know, they think like, oh, I can just put this poison, although they don't think it's poison for for their animal on, on the, you know, the back of I mean, I did it initially when I had Lily. And then I realized dogs were having seizures and I thought, well, that doesn't make sense. That's if the, no, we're not going to do that anymore. So
1: our society is a lazy society. I mean, we want, they just want convenience. You know, they're not going to cook for their dog. They're going to go to the fancy uh, store that makes fresh dog food and they'll just buy it. But, you know, being involved in the process of aging and cooking, learning about food as medicine for yourself, be healthy yourself. That's what got me in this whole thing. I was at UCLA. I was doing night school. I was working in LA and I was like bored at night. Um, so I went to night school. So I took Eastern philosophy, Eastern religions, um, took some yoga classes and then, uh, they started talking about macrobiotic diet. What the heck is that? Well, macrobiotic diet from Japan is like vegetables, you know, not a lot of meat. You know, once in a while, maybe, but mostly cooking vegetables, helping. Um, you know, if you're overweight, you're not going to eat more fat and fried foods. I mean, it's really logical. So that got me into like first feeding myself healthier, feeling better, and then I noticed my dog ate my meal one day. My Doberman ate my macrobiotic steam rice, brown rice, you know, um, some cooked vegetables, and he ate the whole thing. And I said, "Gosh." Maybe I should be doing this to my dogs. And then I read some books by, um, I have a book here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You had a lot of books Um, back there.
1: Yeah, this is the book that I thought was crazy because she recommended Raw. And I said, gosh, that's not what we taught. They, They didn't teach us that in vet school. They said Raw is really bad, but she grew up raising dogs with no problem. Juliette de Barclay Levy. Juliette de Barclay Levy, The Complete Herbal Book for Dogs. And that was like in, I read that in 1973. And so um, I thought it was crazy. And I put that book aside for a couple of years until I got, you know, all these dogs are sick. They're eating all this Purina and, you know, all those TV advertised foods and they're all sick. Right. Changing your diet really made a difference to me. And then learning like this food is good for kidneys and this one is good for, you know, that organ. I mean, that was totally amazing. So you have to like be in the process yourself to understand it and understand the value of like when you cook, when you make food, whether it's raw cooked or not, you're adding your love, your intention. In Hawaiian, you, we call it mana. You put your energy, your love, your whole thing into that food, which is not what you're gonna get in a bag or can. You got people working at minimum wage, looking at the clock, waiting to get you know home, are not like putting love and praying over your dog's food. And that makes a difference. I uh, love
0: that. That's like that movie, uh like water for chocolate. And she would make this chocolate with love and totally. then everybody was falling in love. It was a great movie with Julia. Pinoche. Yes.
1: <laughs> I got to watch that one again. So, <laughs> then there's pain and Im- mobility problems. So and just throw painkillers And if you're lucky, you'll get uh, maybe chondroitin and glucosamine. But basically, you know, there's a lot of other ways of dealing pain than just like, okay, what kind of pain is it? Is it sharp pain, dull pain? Does it happen all the time? Is it constant? Is it intermittent? Is it burning pain? I mean, there's a different kind of pain depending on what is causing the problem. And that's why if you go to someone who knows acupuncture and massage, uh, chiropractic, they know about what causes pain. And so like, I have to tell you this story. I went to my wife and I were running like six miles a day and we had knee pains and we're like, I don't know, in our forties, early forties. And so we heard about this great chiropractor. So we, you know, okay. How much does he cost? Oh, he's like $250. That was, that was a lot of money back in the eighties for just an exam. That is him. Okay. And he says, okay, I'm not going to touch you. I'm not going to do anything to you. I want you to quit red wine, quit chocolate and quit eating meat. And then after two weeks, if you have problems, then I'll see you. Okay. So we did that. We quit chocolate, sweets, red wine, eating meat. We went back to macro and you know, no pain. It was amazing. We did stop bad food.
0: That's a tough one though. I love red wine and chocolate. I can live without the meat.
1: Well, if you don't have a joint problem, the red wine doesn't make you worse uh you know it might not be your problem but our problem was maybe too much red wine so this is what we talk about oxidative stress mm-hmm. creates inflammation if you have inflammation in your body that creates cell death because there's a lot of blood flow and there's dead cells and so you either get mutations and then get cancer or you have a breakdown of tissues and you get organ problems organ failure and then eventually Dogs die either cancer or they're going to have kidney or heart uh, failure, and that's usually what the three things I see mostly likely. So, disease of aging, oxidative stress, chronic inflammation. It doesn't start like all of a sudden you got cancer. No, it takes a while. It's a process. Same thing with all these other things: metabolic syndrome, you know, uh, pancreatitis. All these things build up, and then you have an emergency, and you have to go to your vet. And the same thing with arthritis and rheumatism. If your dog's not moving much, then the circulation's not good. They're eating a lot of food that causes um, metabolic waste. If it's not removed from the body, it's going to be in the joints. And then you're going to just like that experience I had, metabolic waste, red meat, red wine, chocolate. <laughs> I had to give that up. And then, gosh, my arthritis is better, you know? So um, when you're aging, regeneration is reduced. So you heal slower. Degeneration and inflammation is increased. So you just take pills all the time? No, you can do other things. Uh, Your vital energy declines. So your dog's going to sleep a lot. You're going to get tired sooner. And then you have to figure out what are the deficiencies that the animal needs to be uh, supplemented. So you just don't give any kind of supplement you want to know what is the deficiency specific
0: which yeah i saw you break this down which is so great
1: yeah and so in chinese medicine you have an herb formula for each one you know each problem which is great you know so we can't replace parts okay i got two 20 year old trucks you know and they constantly need new parts we can't do that with animals you can do that sometimes with people that's that's not the way to go and A lot of the old injuries and traumas, so if you, like I've had surfing injuries in my neck, so, you know, certain things I do, I could aggravate them, the weather changes. So the same thing with animals, sometimes they get worse in the wintertime with their arthritis. Other dogs get worse skin problems in the summertime. So we also include the environment. So the climate, the weather, the temperature, the humidity, all that is taken into consideration when we you go to a, a veterinarian who's got some Chinese medicine in his background. That's how we look at things. And then of course you have all these toxins that build up in your body. And, you know, Christopher Hobbs, he's the guy, the mushroom guru I have, he says, if you fast one day a week, it'll give you probably 10 more years of life. Now I haven't gotten to there yet, but that's, you that's know, a
0: huge statement. That's amazing. Yeah, and when I, he says fasting, should... he means like no food for, yeah,
1: no food, just water or juice drinks. I can do like three days or a week of juice fasting. So it's like vegetable juices raw. And I think after, I think starting next month, we're going to do that process. We usually do it once a year. So you do like a week of juice fasting just to clean out. And you can do that with your dogs too, but you can probably just do once a week that one day they get juice only. And some of my formulas are pretty good. You know, they have everything in them, minerals, nutritional yeast. So you're fasting them from food that is hard to digest and you're taking things in that help detox the liver, detox the kidneys, detox the blood, and you have a little bit of nutrition in there.
0: That's fantastic. And I think, you know, I've done a juice cleanse for three days. Three days is kind of my limit. And then I go a little a little kooky with it. But, you know, it's interesting because you do have to change things up a little, you know, Lily, um, I also put her on a raw diet. It took a long time for me to get there. And I was really nervous and I consulted with a lot of people. And for a while she loved it. She ended up gaining way too much weight because I didn't realize how rich it is. But then once things took a turn, I needed to take her off of it. And I did uh, because it just, it was too hard, I think for her to digest and it was better for her to have some things like that you gave, which, you know, were the vegetables and, and the, the, the livers. And, um, so, you know, if you're, if your dog is having an ailment, I think it would, you know, be beneficial to, you might have to try a few things and see but yeah, the some, fasting some, could be nice.
1: Yeah, some dogs do well with raw food. And I, I do like a little bit of raw food, a little bit of cooked food. I don't do like one thing. Um, but I make my own food. So I take, I don't know, I like to cook. Okay. So I don't have a problem making a special meal for my three cats and then a little different one for my dog and then cooking dinner. I mean, I can do that all in once, um, you know, take a couple hours, but in general, it's um, I like it, you know, and it's like, I feel like I'm participating in my dog's health by giving her, the best of what I know. And it's mostly our food, but we eat vegetables, a little bit of meat, a little bit of fish. Well,
0: that's so the best part because you can make it for yourself and then just give some to your dog. <laughs>
1: yeah. You just got to know the balance, which uh, I talk about in my book, which is, you know, one by volume, one part, some kind of protein that could be eggs, fish, meat, organ meat, could be yogurt. One part, A prebiotic starch, you need to feed the intestinal bacteria that help digest food. So that could be like organic oatmeal, or it could be broccoli, cabbage, celery, could be a combination of those things. And then green vegetables that have antioxidant properties, kale is a good one. Spinach is a good one for eye problems. It's got lutein. You know, some people age quicker than others. Some people like, gosh, they look pretty good but they're like vegans you know and and then some people look like wow this person looks older than i am and you know they're eating at you know taco bell right but um you have all this stuff stored up and so you have to deal with this stuff and then your veterinarian just pour on more chemicals more drugs and then tell you to eat dog food that's got um heavy metals in it so we talked about the cancer one out of three cats over 10 die some cancer-related disease and then one out of two dogs i couldn't believe this when i read the the research on this it's like holy cow no wonder i see so much uh, i don't see so much cancer within my own uh, clients but mostly from other vets you know so then we talked about kidney deficiency and you noticed the weakness in the the rear legs and the graying, and then the hearing loss, and then increased urination. You know, some dogs leak urine, uh, kidney problems, anemia. I mean, all these things you can diagnose by knowing how to diagnose without having all these machines. I mean, it's it's so weird. You go to a vet or you go to a regular doctor, and they won't tell you anything that's wrong with you until you get the blood test, you get the X-rays, you get the ultrasound, you get the MRI. And then, you know, thousands of dollars later, oh, I think you've got a kidney problem.
0: You know, That's so true. So I have a friend, I know we're talking about aging, but she has a five-year-old dog and out of nowhere, her legs just kind of gave out and she wasn't walking at all. And I sent her to an acupuncturist here and she is actually standing now and doing a little bit of walking. And I think she had told her to get some probiotic and I don't know what other supplements, but you know, of course you have, I, I know you need to know more information, but that seems like an uncommon thing for a five year old dog to all of a sudden not be able to walk.
1: Well, what breed is it?
0: That's a good question. I think it's a mix of something. I have to I, I actually. Is it a big
1: dog or a small dog?
0: It's a small dog. It's a small dog.
1: So small dogs have problems with their discs. Mm hmm. They're an introvertible disc. So their spine is usually the problem. And the reason why is they bounce up and down. They bounce up on the bed. Sometimes they don't make it and they fall back and hurt themselves without the owner know, knowing. Large dogs can have problems because of genetics. So they were born with bad hips or they're born with weak shoulders or they have their uh, ancestors had spinal problems so knowing the breed helps and you can look it up what are the problems with a chihuahua you know all the problems with uh you know a golden retriever and so you can at least understand oh like my dog could have bone cancer because it's a rottweiler so what what can i do to prevent bone cancer her parents had bone cancer so therefore she has the gene for bone cancer But just because you have the gene for bone cancer doesn't mean, or the the gene for breast cancer doesn't mean you're going to get it. You have to activate some of your immune system uh, to suppress the genes that activate and cause cancer. One of the things that does that is melatonin. So melatonin is a good thing for old dogs for many reasons. People think it's just about, oh yeah, it helps you sleep. No, I I thought that too. It stimulates wound healing. It helps, yeah, calms you down, but the main thing it does is activates your immune system against cancer. So they had all this research on women with cancer, breast cancer and they were terminal, they're going to die, you know. Olivia Newton-John just died.
0: I know, it's heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, and so the study was half the women they're going to die they gave a placebo and the other half they gave melatonin and the ones that had melatonin lived like a year to two and a half years longer they didn't change anything nothing in their diet nothing in their treatment they had the same everything and so that kind of opened me up and you go to uh, scholar.google so if you want to find science some of you like are into that some don't yes like me go to scholar.google and put in melatonin slash cancer and you'll get like a hundred research papers to read on how it helps slow down cancer
0: oh that's amazing what a great piece of advice i didn't even know you could do that melatonin was something that you had told me to give lily which i did for a while that's one of the ones that she would take and then she stopped Yeah, I just take it, spit it out
1: for that reason. Uh, For my immune system, I don't want to get cancer and uh, helps me sleep. And I do like to dream. So some people don't like to take it. Like one of my staff people doesn't. She says, I have weird dreams on that stuff. I can't take melatonin. (laughs) Well, maybe you get the wrong dose. You know, so that's the other thing, dosing it properly. It would be good to go to a veterinarian that knows how to dose because sometimes a low dose works as good as a high dose, and sometimes you need a high dose. Mm-hmm. So on this slide, it shows like what can you do? You know, uh well, detoxify and hydrate. So we talked about green drinks, fasting, water stop the flea and tick chemicals, increase antioxidant foods. That's going to be your green leafy vegetables or your vegetables that are orange, red, or yellow. So all the colored vegetables are, have antioxidants in them. I really,
0: really like those peppers.
1: Yeah. My dog won't eat peppers, but she (laughs) eats Mexican food. (laughs) She likes spicy food. And then going back to pain, you know, uh, instead of just like throwing pain medicine, for one, I have pain. So I understand that you don't have pain all the time. So you shouldn't be taking ibuprofen like twice a day for days or weeks or months. Like veterinarians tell you, oh, yeah, take this Remedil here. Um, Yes,
0: I've been given that.
1: No, you want to know why it's got pain? What kind of pain? Is it blood stagnation? Dog needs more exercise. Swimming is one of the best things. One of my clients bought a house with a swimming pool just because her dogs needed to exercise in the water. And going to the beach was chaotic and not fun. So she bought a house with a swimming pool for her dogs so they can swim. That's one of the better exercises. And if you live near a beach, just walking on the beach in the deep sand just for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, that's really good for building up muscle endurance and all that kind of stuff. So exercise should be part of the plan for mollifying pain and stiffness. And the other thing is massaging. People should learn how to massage their own pets. You can't afford afford a massage person. There's enough YouTubes online you can watch, and there's enough people teaching it that you can learn. But the best way to learn about massage is you get a massage yourself. That's the best way. That's how I learn acupuncture. I just go to the best acupuncturists that I can find. And I stay with them for a few years and I go for, for another one. And that's the best way you find out how to do massage is go get a good massage and then you'll feel it. And once you feel it, it'll be in your brain as a memory on how to do it. I and really, then-
0: really love massage. That's so funny. And there are people that do pet massage. There are people. Yeah,
1: people think it's like, oh, gosh, that's over the top, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it's not about, you know, luxurious massage. We're talking about therapeutic massage, you know. And even, you know, massaging your dog, you don't know what you're doing. Uh, if your dog doesn't bite you, you're probably doing okay, you know.
0: And would you use a little essential oil or anything with that massage?
1: Well, that's the whole uh, topic, essential mm-hmm. oils. You know, if you overdose... It's t- difficult with cats. Yeah, they're and very scared. With some thin-skinned dogs like Whippets, um, maybe uh, some of the chihuahuas, but you know, you gotta be careful on the how you make, make them. So I make my own massage things for pets, but the easiest one that you can probably buy is a CBD oil that is used for topical. Mm-hmm. And then you could use that and use your hands to rub it around. That's usually what's good. But I I make things out of rosemary and some of the plants here. Kava Kava, which is a, um, a Polynesian drink that people drink. But if you make an extract, you can put it on your body and it relaxes your muscles right away. So that's that could be a whole uh workshop right there. <laughs>
0: amazing. There is and a lot. Yes, mask. there's so much information, so many amazing things you can do naturally to help your pet. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We had a lot of information to cover, and so this is part one. We're going to have part two next week with Dr. Baskow and continue on with all the incredible information he has to share. So today we covered everything from a more modern veterinarian style spa-like feel to an office, to acupuncture, fresh food, of course, was a very big one, cooking for your furry baby oxidative stress, massage, essential oils, supplements, mushrooms, antioxidants, eye health, detox. We covered a lot and there's still more to talk about. So I hope you'll join us next week for part two with Dr. Ihor Baskow. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me. You can find me at greenwithtiffany.com and on Instagram. Till next time, choose to care.